Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace. Hey, all of you cool cats listening to our really cool podcasts. We're hoping to put a little of God's grace into your meow. I'm the cap, along with the breeze man, Joel Breezeke. I wasn't sure if you were doing, not Venus Flytrap, but um, Johnny Fever. <laughs> I think it was a combination of him <laughs> and something I saw on the Flintstones years ago. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're a couple of... Somewhat old timers here <laughs> on Growing in Grace. <laughs> I think just for that, you're going to have to say 100 Our Fathers and 50 Hill Marys. <laughs> Get me a football. <laughs> I'll throw up some Hail Marys. <laughs> right on, right on, right on, right on. <laughs> hey, let's finish. Up. We're, we're going to see if we can finish up our, our series on the Lord's Prayer. This is number seven, if I remember right. So if you're just jumped in, you it's, might want to back up a few it's and a good catch godly up to number. us here. Don't you think, Joel? That would be a good idea, right? Oh, I think so. Seven's a good godly number. And so, but yeah, go back. And, I mean, it, it's a good series. I mean, putting it all together, if you start from the beginning, it definitely would be helpful. Yeah, you, you kind of set up last week our upcoming program here today, and that is during the prayer in his instruction to pray, Jesus said, forgive us as we forgive others. That's what they were instructed to do. And so that gets carried over into our new covenant Christianity sometimes, saying, well, if we don't forgive others, then God's not going to forgive us, so we better forgive others. Well, you kind of set this up last week, Joel, by pointing out that that's the way it was under the law, before the cross, for the Jewish people. That's how it was then. That, that wasn't a new thing. Uh, and Jesus alluded to this earlier during the Sermon on the Mount in the previous chapter of Matthew chapter 5. He already addressed this issue. But the Apostle Paul, in New Covenant writings, he, he has the advantage with the revelation of the Holy Spirit to look back on the cross, whereas Jesus obviously was speaking before the cross, before the redemptive work was done. And, and Paul had the, the ability to kind of look back at the cross and relate to people like us under the New Covenant what had been accomplished here. And, and so there's uh, some scripture you covered, I think, out of Ephesians last week. And this is just an example where Paul said, now you, you Christians, you believers, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has, has also forgiven you. So you see the, the work of forgiveness has been done. And so here's the difference. Under the old covenant, in order for them to receive forgiveness or experience some type of even conditional forgiveness or temporary forgiveness, they would have to first forgive others. Whereas Paul, looking back at the cross, said that you can forgive others, and you should, but not to get forgiveness because that's already happened. It's because you're forgiven that you should forgive. And so there's uh, one basic difference. Yeah, and that's a huge difference. Just imagine the difference between living with, okay, if I haven't forgiven other people, God does not forgive me. Imagine living like that. 
And again, to really stress the point, Jesus was talking to people who were under the Old Covenant, teaching them to pray this Old Covenant prayer. That's a big difference. I mean, that's what we really need to understand, because if that's the way it is in the New Covenant, then if you haven't forgiven other people, then you're not forgiven. But, like you read there, uh, which verse did you read? You read something, uh, was it? Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32, yeah, and Colossians 3.13, saying a very similar thing, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. And so it's, Christ has already forgiven us, it's, it's already a done deal. So it's either that, it's either Christ has already done it and we're already forgiven, or we're living in this day-by-day conditional forgiveness from God, where... God's forgiveness of us is dependent upon us. It's no longer dependent upon the finished work of Jesus and God's grace and mercy. <laughs> so you can you can choose which of those you want. I prefer to know that I'm already forgiven of all sins. You know, a few weeks, a few months ago, around the beginning of the year, it's 2017, in case you're listening to this uh, some other time, at the beginning of the year, we did a series about confession. You know, 1 John 1, 9, you know, the confession recession. We don't need to confess our sins anymore. Just real quickly here, I would uh, really encourage you to go back and listen to that, because First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so in many people's eyes, that's a conditional thing again. We need to continuously confess our sins in order to be forgiven over and over and over again. But in that series, we talked about how that verse there. In fact, the whole first chapter there was talking about unbelievers who have not acknowledged the reality and the seriousness of sin. They need to acknowledge, confess the sin condition. And once they do, God is faithful. And the people who were once not acknowledging this thing called sin, they now acknowledge it. And then once and for all, they receive this forgiveness from God for their sins, and he's, he cleanses them from all unrighteousness. It's a done deal. It's something that has happened, not something that we do over and over again. So there's another verse right there that uh, contrasts, is different from this idea that we have to forgive others in order to be forgiven. So the forgiveness issue is settled. When Jesus was teaching his disciples what we know as the Lord's Prayer, when he was teaching them how to pray, that issue wasn't settled yet. He had not gone to the cross. He had not shed his blood yet. And the forgiveness of sins was not completely readily available. It wasn't really until that shed blood of Jesus that um, we were able to see once, receive once and for all forgiveness. Yeah, forgive us in the prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This literally means that you would be asking to be forgiven by God in a way that is equal to how you forgive others. Mm. Why is this bad news? Nobody had ever achieved this before from the heart, perfectly forgiving others in that way. So, yeah, so we find before the cross there was this conditional forgiveness being offered. Why would we be seeking that when we've, mm. we've already been provided with unconditional forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed once for all. And so the other thing too here at the end of the prayer when when Jesus said, and this is after the prayer, he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what Jesus is trying to point out here through all the things we've talked about over the last six or seven weeks is that 
you are in a hopeless situation. You need to be praying for the kingdom. You need to be praying for God's will to come and that you can experience the, the, the daily bread of life that will give you life forever. This is what Jesus was telling them, because if this doesn't happen, if the will of God is not accomplished, if uh, the kingdom doesn't come in the midst of you, if, if you don't have your daily bread, then you're in big trouble because under your current condition, under the law, in order to receive forgiveness, you have to forgive others. But we found out, as we just mentioned a few minutes ago, that forgiveness indeed did come for the sins, uh, our sins, uh, not only our sins from past, present, and future, but the sins of the whole world were taken away. And now it's just a matter of whether you choose to believe or not, you see. And so, yeah, forgiveness it came through Christ and his shed blood. It's, it's not a conditional thing anymore uh, now that Jesus has accomplished the will of God that the prayer was seeking. So everything Jesus was instructing these disciples to pray, he fulfilled all of it. This prayer that the disciples may have prayed while Jesus was on the earth as a man, uh, and even Jesus himself may, may be praying along these lines, their prayers were completely answered. But you don't have to wonder about whether you're forgiven or not anymore. In Christ, mm -hmm. it's all been taken care of. Uh, otherwise, this this thing about I, I have to forgive to be forgiven, that just leads to fear. And, and it makes you wonder where you stand with God. Are you truly forgiven? Because why? It, it places the responsibility back on you instead of Jesus Christ and the cross again. We're diminishing the cross by uh, having that kind of a mindset. But this is what happens, Joel, when covenants get mixed up and context is missing. When Jesus was talking to his disciples here, not one drop of his blood had been shed yet. Right, and with uh, you know, about two and a half, three minutes left here, I, I know that you might want to just share a little bit about this uh, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Just real quickly, one thing that we wanted to point out with this Lord's Prayer is that neither John nor Peter nor James nor Paul, in, in all of their New Testament writings, prayed anything like this or taught people to pray anything like this. In fact, a lot of their what they wrote contrasts this because they were writing new covenant epistles and what Jesus was teaching his disciples was an old covenant prayer. So we really just wanted to point that out. And then uh, with just a couple minutes left, if I don't know if you want to touch on this, uh, this last little bit real quickly. Yeah. And that was a big point that you just made is there's, you think of all the emphasis the church world has put on this prayer and, and yet nowhere in new covenant writings does it tell us to, to pray in this way. That's because Again, the prayer was fulfilled, and it was given to those who were with Jesus before the cross. Pray this, that this will happen, and, and it did happen. So real quickly, do not lead us into temptation. That's an easy one. Just look at James 1.13 and 2 Peter 2.9. We find out where God is not the tempter, uh, and everywhere that Jesus went, he was doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God doesn't lead us into temptation, and that's made clear in New Covenant writings. Deliver us from evil uh, under the New Covenant. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, that's just one place to go. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time, so we can't cover a bunch of other scriptures. But Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So there you have it. I mean, we deliverance has came. Spiritual deliverance has occurred. We've been delivered from evil and it's interesting that the same Greek word for kingdom in Colossians chapter 1 is the same one we find in the prayer. And you can see that it's pointing to Jesus, 
the one who who reigns over the kingdom. So just a couple of quick little nuggets there to to end the prayer, Joel. Right, that's good. So I hope that this has been helpful for people. These. Uh, little uh, podcast that we have done about the Lord's Prayer. You know, we're not trying to be down on the Lord's Prayer. We're just trying to show how, you know, what it was really all about and how it was fulfilled and uh, and why it no longer applies to us now that we're in the New Covenant. Hey, Joel, can yeah. I say something? Sure. You Hopefully you can edit this so it fits, but we are not out to diminish the words of Jesus. We just want to take them in the proper context and apply them to the right covenant. Was it old for the Jewish people or was it new for us? And I think sometimes, even though it's done out of ignorance and people don't know any better because of religious tradition or whatever— praying the prayer really diminishes the work of the cross, and, mm. and that's what we're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, that is really the bottom line right there. When we uh, try to make the old covenant words of Jesus fit to today, we're, we're diminishing what he did to bring us the new covenant. <laughs> well, coming up next week, we're going to be hitting podcast number 600. We've made it that far. We're going to be going back maybe... 20 or more years, uh, just to talk a little bit about Cap's life and my life before we began to understand all of this grace stuff and talk maybe a little bit about how we began to uh, get our own kind of grace revolution going in our own life. So stay tuned for that next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezicki. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.